and we are ready to go. Oh, exciting. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> Welcome to Career Passport, a podcast where we learn about different roles and departments at Starbucks. I'm your host, Donna Ewan. And on this episode, we are so excited to have Paul Viancourt, a partner from the store construction team. He's currently completing a time limit assignment as an associate project manager. But for today's episode, we will be diving into his permanent role as a construction rep. Paul, thank you for coming and welcome to the show. Hey, Donna, thanks so much for having me. Really happy to be here today. We are so excited to have you. And just to kick us off, why don't you start by sharing a little bit about your Starbucks story? Perfect. My Starbucks story is a little unconventional. I, I didn't start in stores, but really I was introduced to Starbucks the old fashioned way visiting. Starbucks was a brand that I naturally gravitated towards. I joined back in 2018 as a construction representative. So it's been three years now after working for a, a tea retailer in the facilities department. So I actually got a glimpse of the Starbucks culture on one of my conference visits for a restaurant facilities conference and said to myself, wow, I could really see myself working here. The partners were so friendly. I wanted to be like them and here I am today. It's amazing that you're now with us at Starbucks and we really want to take the time to learn about the store design and development team. And this actually made out of four teams, real estate, store design facilities, and your team specifically store construction. So can you actually give us a bit of a deeper dive into the store construction team? Currently, we're a team of 24 partners, uh, mainly concentrated in Vancouver and Toronto. We have smaller clusters in Calgary and Montreal, where I'm from. A mixture of construction representatives, project managers. We have two senior project managers and a director as well. So we're a small team with big goals, I guess you could say. Historically, we were assigned to projects geographically. And since then, we've actually aligned nationally to what we call the studio model. And that's where our construction representatives really have greater visibility to different municipalities and regions across the country. It's a fantastic way for our partners to develop and experience new things in construction. Actually, how many stores do you build a year? Uh, I would say probably the average number, and I should know this off the top of my head, but roughly between 70 and 80 new stores uh, per year. Oh, wow. And that does not include uh, renovations as well. But I would say that's a fair average. So you can imagine with all the growth that Starbucks has had over the years, it's an incredible number. And that number continues to grow specifically for the Canadian business. That's awesome. And since we might not know too much about the construction team, what is something that you might want to demystify? One of the common misconceptions that I hear very often is that people that work in construction only come from a construction background. And while partly true, partly is definitely the word I want to focus on there because we're actually a team with very diverse backgrounds. We have some that come from an architectural background, business, tech, you name it. I would say construction is multidisciplinary in the sense that you need to wear many hats and it's not just all about tool belts and hammers and screwdrivers. <laughs> At the end of the day, we operate for Starbucks and as a business, we need to be business savvy. So the team has excellent business acumen. And I would say that's probably the biggest misconception is that we only operate under construction. There's many different facets to construction. There's financial management. Anyone looking into construction might not even think of sustainability, but that's a huge part of what we do now. I get the question a lot too, what led me to construction? I actually have a marketing background, but for me, it's really a passion for building. It's what makes us extraordinary as humans being really the only species that develops tools to achieve things beyond our God-given abilities. And I find that fascinating. It's, it's truly something that stuck with me at a young age. And, and here I am today. 
Absolutely. You clearly have a really dynamic role. And we're really curious to know, actually, what does that construction process look like from a high level? We certainly get to see it in its infancy, and it's always so rewarding to hand over the keys to our partners come turnover day and when we're preparing for store opening. Typically, we'll build a standard cafe in about six and a half weeks or seven and a half weeks if it's a drive-through. In the role of a construction rep, you are given a set of plans, and really those plans, or some people might refer to them as blueprints, that's your Bible. And, and we're working off those plans to ensure that not only are we ordering the correct merchandise and the correct items that will go into making that store and bringing it to life, but we also need to make sure that we're doing it in a staged and very strategic manner so that the general contractor is not swimming in items before we actually have to turn the store over to our operators. So if I could say within those weeks, it's very important that a construction rep stays on top of their orders, stays on top of the tracking for those orders, and also keeps the operations partners informed as well. It's really a collaborative effort to make sure that we set them up for success the minute that we turn over the keys to the operators. Well, what do you actually mean by swimming in materials? Can you go a little bit more into that? Of course. Yeah. So we're ordering typically things like tile and lighting and having those ordered and, and delivered to the store as soon as possible. Something like furniture is going to be delivered later on in the process because uh. we're working with so many things that involve demolition and there's so much else going on on site. We don't necessarily want our beautiful furniture getting damaged right before store opens. So there's a lot of thought that goes into it that you might not think, well, hmm, never thought of that before. And definitely we've learned over the years that that's the best practice to do. Uh, Lots of logistics management. And you've already actually mentioned some of your key responsibilities as a construction rep, but really curious to know, what does the week in the life look like, Paul? Let me preface it, Donna, by saying no day is ever the same. We work in a dynamic industry and we're on a team with ever-changing situations that happen that get thrown our way. But really, it revolves around weekly project status updates, making sure that we're on track and we need to determine our priorities so that we do deliver on the schedules that we're promising. It's ensuring that those schedules are accurate. Uh, We monitor our incoming orders to make sure that we're getting product and all of our fixtures on time. And we ultimately need to adjust to site conditions accordingly. And that's often communicated through our general contractor. So again, ever changing and um, we need to be kept on our toes all the time. On a day-to-day basis, a construction rep might be having a conversation with an architect, could be engineers, could be a landlord, could be anyone within Starbucks as well. We deal with a lot of things on the construction side that require expertise, whether it be on the financial side, be on the operations side. We don't just work within our own function, within our own realm. Sometimes we even have to get other departments like marketing or procurement involved as well. So there's a whole team, a host of partners that goes into bringing the store to life. And it really just goes to show how interdependent we all are to bring all these stores from concept to reality. Absolutely. It's such a partnership from the moment we start to the moment we finish and turn that key in, as you mentioned. As all of us being partners, we all impact the third place. But like, can you actually share a little bit about how your work impacts the third place? I always love to tell people, you know, when we impact the third place, we literally build the third place. And I'm so proud of that. And that's my answer every single time. Customers experience the environment and the feeling of the third place the moment they walk through the door. And it really doesn't necessarily always revolve around what we're building. It's how we're building it as well, the way we do it. 
So I'd like to just talk about sustainability real quick because that seems to be an ongoing trend in our industry. It's really gaining traction. And I'll give you an example. We've recently partnered with a third-party company that specializes in sustainable building. And we've also introduced a new program that allows us to have adaptable casework, meaning our counters and our cabinets, uh, so that we can adapt to not only the needs of the industry, but the needs of our customers ultimately. The way I look at it is we're on a path to building an enduring company. And for me, that means we need to build enduring stores, ones that will stand the test of time, allowing the third place to remain relevant and important in the lives of our customers and partners, no matter what changes. For me, that's really something that I live by each and every day. Absolutely. And you actually mentioned having less waste and and how does that actually impact the sustainability route that we're going on? So the way we do it, uh, especially when we're building sustainable stores with this particular company that we've partnered with, they're building the store in a controlled environment. It's not necessarily all happening on site. So what that allows us to do is calculate pretty much to the T the amount of material that we're going to need. And that means less waste ultimately. So not only is the store sustainable in and of itself, the way that we build it, but it's also what's going into the store as well. Absolutely. That's awesome. You had mentioned the team is quite dynamic from their educational backgrounds. So like, what type of education is required for a role like yours? I would say the most valuable education or experience could vary from business knowledge to architectural studies. But personally, I don't have a formal education in construction. It's really driven by a passion and a willingness to learn. So anyone with that type of passion, I think, would really thrive in this role as well. For sure. Were there any things that you did to gain in your knowledge? How did you differentiate yourself being someone from a marketing background? I really focused on my project management skills. Really in construction, project management is number one. And also another transferable skill I'll say would be problem solving. There are so many industries, so many functions within Starbucks and other industries that require this skill. So I definitely tried to zone in on that. And ultimately, I perfected my craft as well with coming from a marketing background for relationship management. It's really about managing people. For sure, those four skills, project management, budgeting, problem solving, relationship management are super key. But uh, as we do wrap up this episode, Paul, what career advice do you have partners who are interested in joining your team or just career advice in general? The best career advice I could give to prospective partners would be to perfect your networking. And I'll, I'll share a story from my personal experience. I was at a networking conference with people I'd never met before. And we were told to shake hands with four new people and to ask for their name. And this all happened really quick. I think it was like 30 seconds or so. And after that particular exercise, no person could say they remembered everyone's name. For all those people out there that are wondering what is the key factor to perfecting your networking, first and foremost, it takes a lot of practice, but the most personal thing you can remember about a person is their name. Fun fact about myself, I have a twin brother. So I've grown up with people not necessarily calling me by my name since they were afraid to (laughs) call me by my brother's name. (laughs) So um, I think that's just an added value, added importance in remembering a person's name. It's, It's the best skill or the best tip I could give someone as a first step to perfecting their networking skills and the rest should come naturally. Absolutely. I'm sure it comes in super handy when you're working with all these different stakeholders to put together that store. And we just really want to thank you for being on the show today. And we can't wait for partners to learn more about the store dev and the construction team specifically. Thanks to you. Thanks again, Donna, for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. And that wraps our episode for today. Tune in next month for a new episode. 
I'm Donna Ewan, and this is Career Passport.